Welcome to Behind the Numbers, football card podcast that keeps you up to date with football and the hobby with product reviews, single prices, rookie reports, and player performances. Each week, giving you angles have fun with football, cards, and the hobby. This week, we'll take a glance at some of the secondary products, XR, Illusions, Absolute, Phoenix, and Spectra to see how they're doing in the market. I'm going to give you my top five players, 25 and under, for each position for long-term holds and buys. We'll take a close look at how Mosaic's grading in the early stages and talk about whether that's a good or lo- bad thing long-term. We'll have our normal rookie check-in, talk about the top five takeaways from the previous week, and now, time for the show. Do you have a valuable card collection, but you put zero effort into storage? Do you keep your cards in a box like this? Or like this? Something like this? This? Ho, ho, ho. What are we doing here? You need Pastime Marketplace. Pastime Marketplace is the Mercedes-Benz of sports card storage. The cases come in a variety of sizes. They're waterproof, airtight, dustproof, and extremely durable. If you care about your collection, visit PastimeMarketplace.com and treat your cards to the storage they deserve. Don't forget to use discount code BENCHCLEAR to get 10% off your order. Welcome to Behind the Numbers, week 10, episode 10. Thanks for being back with me this week, guys. Uh, Another big week of football as we're getting into our double-digit weeks. We start getting to be a little bit of a playoff picture this week. Starting to see some, you know, bigger games with higher amplitudes in terms of wins and losses, in terms of rankings and where they're going to fall. And we'll get to that later in the show, just kind of giving you an idea of what where teams are in terms of the playoffs. We do have the interesting format this year of a seven-team playoff. So only one team gets a buy. So we'll go over that at the end. So it's good in terms of your hobby planning of kind of projecting to see who's going to land where and who has a chance to make a little run and to make some, make some noise in the playoffs. But uh, to start the show off this week, I wanted to kind of just hit the secondary product update. Um, you know, a lot of products out there that's going to kind of be between Mosaic and Prism. We've been talking a lot about Mosaic. We'll talk a little bit about more, a little bit more about it today. Um, but I thought I would just give you a little update on XR, uh, Phoenix, Illusions, Absolute and Spectra. So XR, um, you know, $225 a box right now. Uh, it's dropped a little bit. Uh, again, I've already talked about this, but the Luminous Endorsement uh, Signature Autos for Rookies is kind of the best ones I've seen. Um, I really like those. I think they're awesome. I've been eyeing a Herbert for a while. And just kind of one strategy and um, just to kind of give you context, you know, we talk a lot about pricing here and we talk about pricing to help you get the most out of your money, not to make a million dollars, not to be big time flippers, just trying to give you guys the best strategies to get the cards you want for prices that you can enjoy. And that's, that's my honest truth when it comes to that. And perfect example of this. And I, I have two actually is, you know, this XR uh, luminous auto of Herbert right now, I've been watching it for weeks since it came out and uh, it's like about $240. And I just keep, wanting to just pull the trigger and just get it because I like it so much. But then I just go back and I look at last year's and Kyler Murray is definitely a comparable player and his exact same card in the previous year of XR is $120. So I'm just like, okay, I just, I have to, I have to wait for this to come down to where I think it's going to be. And it, I believe it will. And I think that when it comes to a lot of these secondary products, if you want to see if a card you really like is worth the price that it's at right now, when it's first coming out, just go look at a top player in the previous year and see about where his prices are. I think a perfect example of that, again, for last year is Kyler Murray. If you're looking at one of those quarterbacks with this year's prices out of any of these products, go and just look and see similar to what is the 2019 
uh, pricing for Kyler. And if Kyler is way below that, then you need to wait. And then just be patient and wait for that card to get the price that you, you can appreciate and then go after it there. So we'll see if my strategy works when it comes to the Herbert card. He keeps playing well, so uh, I think it's going to hold strong for a little bit. But when Prison comes out, we'll we'll see what happens. Some of these secondary products, but uh, so in general, it's kind of moving through these uh, Phoenix, and I'll kind of give my take on these. I think XR has some upside in terms of um, the, the numbered cards are nice. Um, I like the look of them, pretty good compared to the three. I'd probably say I'm probably XR is probably second or third in the list for me in, in terms of the ones we're going to talk about. Uh, Phoenix. Uh, I'm not a fan of the look. They're 325 for a hobby box right now. Just a couple singles I pulled out that uh, just to give you some idea, like a Burrow Silver Hollow in their labeling, $67. Uh, Jefferson Purple Prism out of 149 for $22. So not, not too bad. Um, it is still relatively new, but those aren't too bad of prices for some singles uh, to consider. Phoenix just uh, I just don't like the design. I like the design last year. It's a little uh, I don't know what the best word for it is. A little too. Uh, too many colors for me. I guess I just it's a little bit over overkill on some of the design when it comes to my taste. But uh, Illusion's probably my least favorite of the group. Uh, I just don't think the cards look as good. I don't. I'm not a fan of their autos, especially. I think their auto cards aren't very desirable. But Illusions is going for 365 for ho Hobby Box. Just a couple singles I pulled out of that. Uh, two Acetate Rookie was 35. Herbert Mystique Rookie was 25. Just some kind of small ones I could see. I didn't really see too many big sales for Illusions right now. Illusions pretty overpriced in my opinion. Um, Absolute Football Hobby is still 281 for a hobby. Uh, the Burrow Rookie out of 100 for 91. Uh, Herbert Rookie Auto out of 60 for 265 as a sticker auto. So decent price for sticker auto. Uh, still think Absolute's uh, a tough sled unless you hit a Kaboom card. Uh, other than that, I think that it's just a fun rip. Have a good time with it. The base rookies in that product, the Burroughs and Herberts are going for like three bucks. So it's just a, it's just a fun, fun product to rip. If you find it great, uh, don't expect a big return on it. Uh, Spectra is real expensive. Uh, 690 for hobby box. Probably, the, I think it's probably the most overpriced of the bunch. Uh, just because the return on some of the big hits is not, not very high. Um, Clyde Lair, RPA, $50, a Swift rookie out of 60 for five bucks. I know those aren't the big guys you'd be looking for the quarterbacks. Um, I know a good friend of mine pulled the two, uh, radiant, uh, RPA it's going for about six or 700. And I just point out to him that the Kyler in the previous year is going for three fifty. So, because he wasn't sure if he should hold on to it long-term or not. And I think that kind of gives you a good answer when it comes to that. And maybe you can buy that card back for half the price in a year. Uh, but the Spectre cards, uh, very they have a lot of colors, very similar to Phoenix, um, very flashy, trying to uh, kind of overdoes that for me as well. Uh, definitely not a product that I'm too into overall, but, you know, they have some nice numbered rookies. Um, people do tend to like Spectra. Uh, and that's kind of it for this, the secondary uh, check-in. Um, overall, they're just kind of dropping a little bit uh, each week. And, uh, you know, I'm a little surprised that some of the lower-numbered rookies came out as low as they did. It, do, it does seem that some of these are just getting overlooked in general. So if you just want to grab some nice little low-numbered gold and XR or different low-numbered rookie parallels, those could pay off in the long run if they're being overlooked in your mind. So uh, from this, we'll head on to the next segment, start a little basic rookie report this week, just kind of updating you on how the rookies performed. Um, overall, we had the, the first one, we had the Herbert Tua matchup. Um, Tua edged him out. We'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit uh, later. But uh, Herbert was 20 for 32 for 187, two touchdowns, one pick, only four rushes for 10. And two on the other side was 15 for 25 for 169 and two touchdowns. So not big numbers. Uh, both defenses kind of ramped it up. It was more of a defensive battle. Um, 
just not a lot of big plays in that game. And it was close. Herbert tried to bring him back again, but Dolphins are just kind of putting together, stringing together wins, getting themselves in a position to potentially um, have a chance at division. They're a half game back now with the, with the Bills falling. So um, Burrow had a tough matchup. He was against the Steelers this week, uh, 21 for 40 for 213 and one touchdown. You know, he, I thought he managed the game pretty well against a tough defense. He didn't try to do too much. Uh, he didn't run at all, which is good. <laughs> you know, he kind of kept his head down, but, uh, Steelers just, they hammered him. They beat him, uh, like they should because Steelers are a much better team. But overall, I thought Burrow just kind of managed the game as best he could, being outmatched, you know, talent wise. Um, our kind of tier two rookies off those three quarterbacks, uh, CD Lamb was on by. Jefferson had a big game tonight against the Bears. He was eight for 135, and the Vikings came away with the win. Uh, Jalen Hurts still not playing yet, but wins look bad again. I mean, they ran the ball, was the kind of their focus, and but the Giants got a good, important win in that division over the Eagles this week. So, you know, I keep asking myself that question is wins getting close? Is it, is it going to be time to give Hurts? A shot um so we'll see if that happens if he does you can expect a nice little jump in his cards for sure uh ceh was on by uh jordan love still not playing uh higgins another big game i put him to tier two because he's just putting up receiver one numbers right now he's seven for 115 and a touchdown even against the steelers which is pretty impressive um so you know just making plays again i think he's burrow's go-to guy long term that's that's going to be good for for higgins as a player going forward Tier three, Swift had another nice game, kind of bounced back from his clunker from last week, but uh, 16 for 81 on the ground, five for 68 and a touchdown. Uh, so he's starting to get a little momentum here and there, uh, getting the ball more, which is kind of what, what he needs to get going, obviously. So that's helping him. Uh, Claypool, uh, four for 56 and two touchdowns against the Bengals. So he was good on the other side of Burrow there. Uh, Judy, four for 68. Dobbins didn't get anything going. Uh, Ravens struggled against the Patriots in general, but five for 13, one for one. Uh, Chase Young, just two tackles, no sacks this week in our tier three. Jonathan Taylor, he's just quite the, the myth right now when it comes to production. Seven for 12, two catches for 25. Uh, the Colts just clearly don't trust him or he's still nicked up. I'm, I'm really uncertain, um, but he's definitely not getting their full boat of confidence right now, and so that makes it hard for him to make any gains in terms of his value. Uh, Michael Pittman, though, for the Colts, is really slowly beginning – getting some steam uh seven for 100 had a really nice game also had that reverse for like 25 yards I, he's uh he looks really good out there he's he's big um he like i said he's definitely like a uh he's like a juju like schuster type player he's big strong the ball in his hands uh but very impressive uh he's just kind of building upon each week about his uh usage and his targets so i've been really impressed with him overall uh jalen rager Four for 47, and then Cam Akers, I just put on him on here, is 10 for 38, nothing spectacular, but he led the team in carries and yards. So it does seem that the Rams are trying to get the rookie involved, and I've liked him since the beginning, so I tried to mention that. We'll see if it uh, materializes, but the Rams are up there in the tide for the division now. Uh, and then the sleepers, we've been kind of watching. Zach Moss didn't do much this week in Arizona, seven for 20 and one catch for negative yardage. Hamler, 10 targets again. Back-to-back weeks, 10 targets, but only four for 50 this week in their loss to the Raiders. Gibson, 13 for 45, two touchdowns, four catches for 20. And then Jake Lutton, that rookie quarterback that was starting for the Jags, kind of came down to earth a little bit. 18 for 35, 169, one touchdown and one pick. Uh, the only thing about Lutton I'll say is he did, you know, Jags were in the game the whole time against the Packers, which is kind of shocking. Uh, the Packers did not blow them out at all. The Jags actually had a chance to, uh, I think they had a chance to have a field goal late, uh, but the Packers ended up putting it away. But uh, just want to move in the next segment here, just kind of my top – five players 25 and under for long-term value so i said quarterbacks running backs wide receivers so i want to give you my top five and a little explanation of why um so we'll start with the quarterbacks and i think that's kind of the easiest one start with number one is be patrick mahomes he's 25 
he's kind of the clear cut number one. I don't think anybody can argue with that. Um, he's in a position to win a lot of Super Bowls. He's already won one, and he's got the talent to win a bunch more. So he might be that second coming of the multiple championships from a quarterback position. And we know what that does for your long term status, as we see how much Brady's worth and how Brady, how well Brady does in terms of the hobby. Number two, um, I feel like Mahomes is the clear one. And then two, you you get a little bit of argument, but especially after the game this week, Kyler Murray, he's my number two. Uh, he's 23, so he's two years younger than Mahomes. Um, just a fantastic talent. He's got Hopkins, he's got the number one receiver, he got the offense clicking, he runs really well. Yeah, he's just an exciting player. He's electric. Uh, the, the only drawback with Murray is, is can the Cardinals put a team together that actually can be true contenders? That's going to be the real question for him long-term because when it comes to the quarterback position, it's about championships and your ability to get there. And so that's going to be the interesting thing for him. But the talent is through the roof. It's exciting. People love watching him. I love watching him. He's a very good player for sure. And then it gets a little dicey here. Um, so number three, I went with Deshaun Watson. I'm really optimistic on uh, the Texans putting the staff together that's going to help him and getting that team put together. I know they're going to have a tough, tough time this year without draft picks that they've kind of depleted for nothing, basically. But I do like Watson's talent. I do like his, you know, his arm talent. I think he's a really good thrower along with his running ability. And he's still only 25 as well. So I do see Watson having some good long-term value. I think the Texans are in a division that is not locked down in terms of the talent like the NFC West is for Kyler. So I think Watson has a pretty good position to make gains in that division. Number four, I, I went with Herbert here. Maybe like a little bit of a homer pick, but I just think that what we've seen from him at the age of 22 and if the Chargers can put some stuff around him, I think that he's in a really good position. He does have the roadblock of being in Mahomes' conference, but you never know. Once they get some stuff put together and they play them enough, they get to know the Chiefs enough, they could slow them down. The Chiefs tend to play the – sorry, the Chargers tend to play the Chiefs really well. So uh, I just think that Herbert's, you know, has a chance to really make some gains, and I, right now he's number four for me in terms of the quarterbacks I want to own. And then number five, I went with Burrow. And so, you know, I'm probably going <laughs> to – hot take is he has no Lamar Jackson, no Josh Allen. Um, I went with Burrow just because I just like his arm talent. I think he's of the list. He has just as good arm talent as most of these guys besides Mahomes, of course. Uh, but I just think that the Bengals are going to also have a very good position to build a team around him with the draft picks they have. And I think the offensive-minded coach they have, I think Burrow is going to be in a good position to continue to grow. So my thing with Lamar and my thing with Josh Allen is just their passing – uh, efficiency on a week-to-week -week basis is just concerning. Um, I just don't see them getting to the passer level uh, the, to go forward. I think Allen had a good game against the Cardinals. He's one of his better ones. Uh, just the ups and downs of his games of you know 15 for you know 26 and 150 to 400 yards. I just don't know how sustainable that is. And so we'll just kind of see. It was a little bit of injury with Allen, so Allen might be a guy that slides up to five. But I feel better about Allen's arm talent than I do about Lamar's. I just Lamar, that's been the concern with me from his rookie year to you know his playoff flops to uh, what we're seeing this year. Just his passing efficiency is not something that I feel good about long term at the quarterback position. I think, think he's an effective player with his legs. So I think he's gonna he's on a pretty good team. You know they're six and three now, so they're losing a little bit of traction in terms of the AFC North. Uh, but I, I went with Burrow. I just went with the guys that I felt like are the better passers when it comes to long term value for the quarterback position. Um, running backs, you know, running backs are definitely, we know, are a tough uh, sell when it comes to long-term value in terms of the hobby. Uh, I went with CMC at my number one still because he's only 24. I know he's dinged up with the shoulder, and he's supposed to be out next week as well. So if you see any dip in his prices, I still think this is just kind of a fluke thing for me. I don't think he's going to be an oft injured player. So I do think if you can scoop some stuff up for CMC, if you like him quite a bit like I do, um, go and get it while you can because I think it might have a little bit of a drop, especially if the Panthers pretty much out of it. They've lost four straight now. Uh, they put Ezekiel, El El uh, Ezekiel Elliott number two. 
that's pro- that might be a little high, but my thing with him, he's he's 25 now. I still think the Cowboys, once they get Dak back, they'll have a chance to to do better than what they're obviously doing now. But the coaching and the stuff around the Cowboys is a whole other story. But Zeke just seems like kind of a safe bet in terms of the market, in terms of his production uh, for next year. He will drop this year. I really see him not doing much fantasy-wise or doing much uh, to his normal standard because they have no line. They have no quarterback. I just don't see. So you might have some good opportunity to buy him this offseason going into next year. So something to think about. Still number two on my uh, overall talent. Kamara, I put at three. He's also 25. Just he's going to have a pretty good – Shot to having a long career because even if he doesn't get the running usage from the running back position, he does the passing game usage. He could still provide value uh, as a running back down the line when it, even if he's not going to be an every down back. But right now he's doing it all. He's catching, running, uh, a lot of usage, getting over 100 all-purpose yards every game. Uh, he's just very impressive player uh, in this league in terms of his catching ability. I had to move Dalvin Cook up here to four, but in terms of his last two or three games, he's just he's been a monster. Dalvin Cook's biggest thing is just can he be be healthy and you know how it's sustained and he's also not in the best market. So, uh, but Dalvin Cook in terms of talent in terms of uh, long term he's not said seventeen prism. Uh, he's still he's a top five for me for sure. So I have him at four. And then I, I snuck Saquon Barkley in there. Uh, I know he's going to be coming off the ACL. He's still in a great market. He's only twenty three still. So coming we've seen proven over and over again that running backs and players come back from 20 ACLs. Uh, I think Saquon will. And I think that he is a guy that you're going to have opportunities to buy right now as well. Well, he's you know on the shelf. Uh, just got done with surgery actually a week or two ago, they said. So uh, moving on to the receivers. You know, I've been talking about uh, this player quite a bit um, every week in terms of his monster performances. Kind of a quiet week this week. But DK Metcalf, uh, he's my number one. Uh, he's number one receiver to go and get. It's 25 and under. Uh, he's 22. I just see the upside with the size. And again, having Russell Wilson long-term, he's just going to have a really good opportunity to make uh, a lot of noise and a lot of, have, have a lot of catches and touchdowns. So I just think DK Metcalf's a great player to look at long-term when it comes to receiver position. Number two, same class. I went with AJ Brown. Uh, he's 23. Um, not quite as consistent of an offense or quarterback long-term is the concern, uh, but he's such a touchdown monster. I just really think that he finds, he'll find ways to get in the end zone and be uh, relevant in scoring uh for the foreseeable future as long as he can stay healthy number three i snuck in cd lamb uh might be go back and forth between him and justin jefferson mostly because of age here he's 21 so you know he's quite a bit younger than the 25 threshold uh, i think that i do think the cowboys are going to find they're either going to move on from gallup or cooper i don't think all three of them are going to be there long term and I, I do think that lamb will continue to work the slot and have success there uh justin jefferson after you know another big game tonight he just seems like he's a number one receiver waiting to happen. Thielen's going to kind of slip in that number two role easily. Uh, I think he's actually better as number two. And Jefferson just seems to be the guy that uh, can put up those big numbers for the Vikings. So we got two Vikings and two Cowboys in there. I didn't realize that. And the last guy, just he's actually a lot younger than people think, is Juju Smith-Schuster. I put him on here uh, at five. He's still, he's still 23. He's really young. And so, you know, he's still getting 10, to 10 targets or so from Big Ben a, a week. Uh, it's productive, obviously, on a – good market team that's going to be relevant continuously as long as they can kind of figure out life after Ben. Uh, but in general, I think Juju is just, he kind of surprised me because I forgot he's 23. His age always kind of sneaks up on me. Um, just kind of some guys I left off here. So yeah, we talked about Josh Allen. We talked about Lamar. Uh, so Tua, you know, Tua, yeah, he's just getting in there. We're just seeing what he can do with the Dolphins. The Dolphins have a very bright future. Uh, his, his numbers haven't been crazy good. So he hasn't quite put up the Herbert Burrow type games, which 
that's not a concern. He's just not overly impressive yet. Uh, Josh Jacobs is slightly off the running back options, mostly just because he's very, he has a nice 120 yard games. And he has a 30 yard games. I kind of want to see a little more consistency from him. Consistency. Um, and then you have those young guys that you know have a chance, like you know Swift and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, if they can get going down the line. Uh, a couple of receivers just kind of barely missed. Uh, Judy barely missed. He's starting to show a lot of reasons to be on there. Uh, Chris Godwin, if he can kind of stay healthy, I think he is. He's only 24. He's still with the Bucks. He's got a really good opportunity, I think, to continue to put up good numbers. Uh, Calvin Ridley is 25, but he's kind of dinged up. Uh, will he be the number one once uh, you know he gets back in and Julio's kind of trending on the other direction? You know, one guy to look up for too is that you know if the Jags need a position to take a quarterback, I think DJ Tark is a guy that can be really, really. Uh, productive if he has a quarterback so uh, he's only 24 uh, has a lot of speed out of LSU he's just a guy that definitely if they get in the right situation I can see him putting up some big numbers as well so that's just my top five players under 25 to target uh, go ahead love to hear your comments on the show here of some guys that you like that maybe I didn't mention or maybe tell me why you know Josh Allen or Lamar should be on there I completely love the discussion uh, but anyways let's move on to uh, mosaic football gym rate gym rates um, I just looked those up and have a conversation with a couple of my friends in my Facebook rooms uh, about Mosaic and how awful some of the cards look. And then they're starting to get some early pop reports on them and just kind of seeing that they are grading poorly. They're not grading well, which, you know, is that a good thing or bad thing? And I remember when I first talked to Ty about this on, on the live show, he thought it was a good thing. He just said, that's going to be mean there's going to be less gems. And so they're going to be more valuable, which when you're a person who's submitting a lot of, base rookies or a lot of rookies that that could be good for you but if you're a common collector that only has two or three shots and those two or three shots are bad then that that can frustrate you so there's kind of double-edged sword when it comes to that angle um but in terms of i just want to kind of give you some numbers on that um so currently there's been 3800 cards that have been submitted to psa for mosaic uh so they have a 54 percent gem rate overall so that's overall that's all the cards um but that's actually pretty standard. I think PSA is getting closer to 60% uh, in terms of gym rate. So, you know, 54% is not terrible at all. But just for context, just because, you know, I only use basketball when it comes to mosaic because basketball is the one that's been all the way through the gambit in terms of grading and pretty much ripping. And, you know, we got a little extra surge of supply that came out a couple weeks ago magically. <laughs> but uh, the Zion mosaic base was out of 5,526 base graded, 63% were gems. That's very normal. Uh, for for Jaw, uh, he was only 2,256 base regraded and 51% were gems. So they're right in that over 50%, between 56%, between 50 and 65% threshold that typically you can expect when it comes to PSA. So the reason I give you that is just give you a baseline of now let's kind of talk about some of the football numbers that are coming out. And this is really early, so we don't have a very – huge number that they've taken in but this is just something to think about in terms of watching these numbers as more come in so joe burrow and this is kind of the one that actually kind of floored me joe burrow's base gym rate right now is 21 percent. so he only has 21 percent of his gyms have been submitted i think it was around 300 have gymmed so that's obviously really low i think it was uh what was it 20 oh yeah sorry and then 21 percent were psa 9 and then the other side, all the rest were eight or lower. So there's only 40% that were nine or better when I was looking at the PSA pop course. That was really discouraging. Like, I couldn't believe that. A um, couple other stats, and I've heard that the color has been grading well, and the numbers do support that. Uh, pink gem rate for Burrow was 1527 for 
I'll just give you the percentages. Uh, you guys don't need the numbers, I guess. The green gem rate, 53%. Mosaic prism, 38%. And mosaic silver is 17%. So it does fall in line with what I've been kind of hearing in different chat rooms is that, you know, the the colors have been doing well. The silvers in the base have not been doing well. Well, the mosaic silver burrow is 17% and his base is 21%. So those are not doing well. So what that can mean is if you do have opportunity or you do happen to have a really good shape silver or base burrow, definitely get it graded. And if you have a gym, you have a pretty rare card when it comes down to it. I thought an interesting stat was of the 385 cards for burrow that was graded that was an SP or color, uh, 39% gemmed. So 39% rate on just the color all in general. Okay. So it's going to same setup here. We'll talk about Herbert's as well. Herbert's bases are grading on a gem at 40%. Uh, his pink gem rates 63%, green 58%, mosaic prism 58%, and mosaic silver 40%. And all of his color and SP was 60% combined. So Herbert's overall grading much better than Burroughs. Um, again, the reason I picked these three, I picked the pink because that's the cello find that people are chasing. The greens are just another uh, common non-numbered color and the mosaic prism is a, a non-numbered uh, parallel as well. Just kind of the more common ones, just to get a little more sample uh, and along with the silvers, which is one of the ones that we're chasing. Uh, and then two is he had a 29% for his mosaic gem rate, which is really low. Um, he actually had a kind of crazy stat. He has a, his green, so two of his greens are an 82% gem rate. <laughs> his pinks, 54%. His mosaic, 70%. His silvers, 38%. And then his color or SP at 66%. So I just think when you look through those in general, it supports it for all three guys is that the base and the silvers are not grading well. So if you do get a very good grade or you have a very nice card in those two types, definitely get those graded because you're going to have probably more than you think in terms of value. Um, the other thing I take from this and what I've taken advantage of is that when I've seen greens or pinks or reactives, orange reactives, green reactives, I've bought them raw because they've been typically in good shape. And that to me is just a better chance to grade those as well. So it kind of gives you an idea of which ones are riskier buying raw versus risk, uh, just going ahead and buying them graded, which might be more pricey. So another angle I've kind of taken with that. Okay, so it was just a quick little mosaic run through. Uh, something I thought was really interesting having some conversations with good friends. I want to share that with you uh, in terms of how you can kind of approach mosaic in terms of grading and buying raw because buying raw is very difficult because you know you want to get cards that are in good shape. Um, one other thing just want to note was that the 2020 NFL Prism Fanatic Blasters hit and they were, I put bought up, B-O-T, because they were gone within people, normal people could buy them. Uh, $49.99 going out and they're already kind of going for 3X or so, around 150 or so on uh, eBay already kind of getting flipped quickly. Uh, but that's the first little taste of Prism that we've seen. All right, so... Uh, with five takeaways from week 10, Ravens fall in Gillette, ugly weather game. Lamar plays okay. He uses legs, had to. The rain was so terrible. It was really hard for him to throw that game, so I'm not going to be critical in his throwing that game. The Ravens couldn't get anything going. Patriots just, you know, Belichick put together that game plan. They can just stifle people, and the Ravens had a tough time doing anything in that game. They kind of kept shooting themselves in the foot as well, and Patriots did enough just to win. A uh, big win for the Patriots kind of keeps their pulse alive. Uh, so it was, it was pretty surprising. I really thought the Ravens were going to go run away with that. Uh, Rams and Seattle, second straight loss uh, to move to three-way tie for the division. So you got Rams, Seattle, and Arizona all at six and three. Uh, maybe a very exciting finish to that group. Uh, I kind of I think earlier with Shania, I picked the Rams to win the division. So we'll see if they can hold out. I'm not sure. I don't have much confidence in Goff is my only <laughs> concern when it comes to that. Uh, Tua beats Herbert 29-21 as we mentioned earlier. 
Uh, they're a half game back of the Bills in the AFC East now. Uh, so they're right there. You know, they're, the Bills have played one more game, so that's why it's a half. Uh, Colts beat the Titans on Thursday night, and the Colts are now in the division lead. So to, to give Ty some credit because he was definitely thinking the Titans weren't one of the better teams, and right now they are fading. They're definitely fading. They're kind of Their offense has been stagnant, and their defense is not nearly as good as it was last year. So they're definitely a team on the trending down for sure. And then the Cardinals win on the Hail Mary uh, to top Josh Allen, the Bills. If you hadn't seen it, you need to go watch that. It was an amazing finish. The Bills had a nice – Josh Allen, a beautiful throw to Stephon Diggs with 31 seconds left to take the lead to finish they thought with win the game. Uh, Kyler Murray had one of those crazy Hail Marys. He's scrambling around to keep him alive and just hucks it. And DeAndre Hopkins catches over three guys for the winning touchdown. So amazing finish there for the Cardinals to get their uh, big win. They puts them right in the division lead with – right now they are the division uh, lead uh with the rams and the uh seahawks so great great week of football as usual always exciting and as i mentioned it's top of the show so yeah remember this year is a little different with football there's only uh one team gets a bye this year and so you have seven uh teams making the playoffs so you have two through seven playing each other week one with one just waiting definitely an interesting setup for sure um, so as of now, if the current playoff picture happened, you have the, in the AFC, you have the Steelers with the first round by at nine and zero. chiefs would open up with the Ravens in week one, which would be a terrible first week uh, matchup for the chiefs, um, <laughs> for the two and seven seed, the butt bills would be against the dolphins for three and six. The Colts would be against the Raiders for four and five. That's kind of what it would look like teams in the hunt still are the Browns, Titans and Patriots. Uh, but that, that's a pretty strong AFC. You have the, you know, the Colts are the really strong defense. The Raiders are kind of week to week, depending on how well their game script goes. The Dolphins coming up with Tua. Uh, the Bills can be really potent with Allen. Uh, the Ravens against Mahomes in the week one. I think the NFL does not want that to happen. But if it did, that would be a pretty crazy week one matchup for the Chiefs. Um, but yeah, just some teams to kind of think about in terms of your collecting uh, teams that could make a run. You know, of those teams, it really doesn't look like to me just, you know, Chiefs and Steelers are the only ones I feel great about. I think could see the Bills making a run if they can, you know, if you know if Allen plays really well. But other than that, you know, I think the Colts aren't. I don't think they're going to get the quarterback play. I don't think the Raiders are have the quarterback play, and I, I'm not sure if Tua would be ready to make a run with the Dolphins. I think just making the playoffs with the Dolphins would be pretty impressive for Tua. So getting to the NFC, uh, the Green Bay right now is the they have the first seed as of now at seven and two they'd have the buy saints the two seed they play the seahawks right now in the first round which is incredible because uh, seahawks now are the seventh seed and losing the division lead uh, the cardinals would play as a three seed play the rams of the six seed so there's all the afc west teams right there and the eagles would get tampa bay <laughs> with the eagles being three five and one as the four seed uh, against tampa bay so the bears and the other nfc east teams are kind of in the mix to you know, the Giants beating the Eagles puts them right there uh, as a chance to take the division. Uh, but really just the Bears are kind of the only other team that's in the mix. It's kind of outside looking in. Everybody else is kind of fading in terms of the NFC. The NFC picture is pretty clear who's going to be in there. It's just a matter of their, their uh, seeding kind of going forward. All right, guys, and just to close up here, uh, week 11, notable games. These games to look forward to. We get that Cardinals-Seattle game again. It seems like they just played yesterday, but they play on Thursday night, so that'll be starting us off this week, which will be an exciting one. We have the Packers at the Colts. Uh, that'll be a really good game to see what the Packers can do against that defense. Titans at the Ravens, both teams in need of a win. Uh, somebody's going to get a loss there that's going to really push them back within the race. And then on Monday night, we got a fun one with the Rams at the Bucks, and I'll hope to record after that game so I can watch it. Uh, thanks for being with me, guys. Again, leave comments in the uh, – on YouTube for me. Just anything you guys have to say. Love to chat with you at tbanker28 on Twitter. And uh, happy to be on uh, Bench Clear Media. Check it out. Subscribe. Have a good time. Have a good week. Take care.